1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, bringing you pro wrestling, boxing. And today, MMA, one hell of a week. It feels good to be back, Dre. Last week, it was all wrestling. because It was Thanksgiving week. The other sports kind of took like the week off, kind of. We'll talk about a big Upset that occurred in MMA shortly, but this weekend we have UFC Orlando going down, kind of like the appetizer for the UFC pay-per-view, 282, which had its own changes during the week last week that we'll get to as well, so plenty of MMA to discuss on today's show. It's, it's going to be good. We got a great guest too, Brian Barberina, going for his fourth win in a row. He's going to jump on, talk to us about his upcoming fight against RDA really marquee names for him all year so this pushes him up into the rankings or should after this fight you know people who vote over here Um, so it's uh kind of dependent on this guy but no it's gonna be one hell of a show in mma but before we get to all of that how was your thanksgiving what did you do with the fam uh well first of all i don't
2: like these weekends when there's like tons of fights during Thanksgiving. Because my family doesn't want to watch any of this shit. So I had to, like, cram it all on Sunday. Because it was, you know, Thanksgiving. I tried to watch football all day. Um, you know, we got a soon-to-be eight-month-old. Eight so my wife didn't really want to cook. She so only cooked, like, light food. Um, we had family bring over food. And it was all right. It was <laughs> It was cool. Yeah, my wife made, like, my wife made macaroni and cheese the way my mother-in-law wanted it. And it didn't come out the way that my wife liked it, so she made another one, like, two days later. So, we, <laughs> I ate so many fucking carbs this week. Oh, it's crazy. I'm like, I'm sick. Like, I, I must have gained, like, five pounds over the weekend. How long do you eat Thanksgiving leftovers for? Ooh, that's a good question. So, when I didn't care about carbs and my weight or any of that shit, I'd eat that shit for, like, four or five days. Okay, cool. I'm not weird. Yeah, like, no. I would, yo, it'd be... Turkey sandwiches, you know, turkey whatever. And then you got mac. You mix it up. You make something else. You make some fish and put it with your mac and cheese. Now I can't eat it after a day because it's just too much. Like all these <laughs> potatoes and shit, man. I can't eat all that. I'm dying.
1: Yeah, I think my last Thanksgiving plate was mac and cheese, some turkey, Tuesday. Yeah. So I do, like, went from Thursday to Tuesday, five days of leftover. Yeah. But this happens when not a lot of people come over my house because I don't know how to cook small portions. You just cook a lot of shit. Just cooked a lot, and I had all my kids for Thanksgiving. Um, all of them came through. My stepkids, everybody. So, the oldest ones, my stepkids, came. They were there with their significant others in there, in and out in fifteen minutes. Hey, <laughs> like, nobody take a plate. Damn. Yep, that's the worst. Then uh, my two youngest came from Kansas City. Their flight back home in, to Kansas City was 6 a.m. Friday. Oof. Like a Black Friday, like, plane ride back to Kansas City. They couldn't take no food. All this leftover food, me, the wife, my grandma, my, my middle child. Like, yeah, like, our middle child together, my oldest daughter, is just like, she ain't really messing with the leftovers. She doesn't eat mac and cheese. What's wrong with her? I don't know. That baby, I don't know. That's a crime. Her mama. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to so blame her mom. No, she, she just, just hasn't had good box. macaroni and cheese. Ain't no way. My Ain't, macaroni and cheese box. She will not even try it. Yo, she bugging. She doesn't eat cheese really outside of pizza. She's not lactose or nothing. She's just weird. Yeah, she's weird. Yep. The one thing we wanted to break the monotony was she wanted Roberto's. If you guys haven't been to Vegas, Roberto's <laughs> the, like Mexican spot. Go there late night, preferably uh, if you are a little inebriated. Yeah. But we had it during the day, and I refused to get her nachos. Or she wanted fries. All the kids do fries. She wanted fries, but with just meat and guac. No, nah, you gotta put cheese on those. No cheese, no pico, no beans, no sour cream. Meat and guac. I was like, why are they charging me twelve dollars for just meat and guacamole on some fries? Nope. I was like, nope, pick something else. She had to get a burrito. I don't play my my child is weird. So tons of Thanksgiving leftovers. I'm good not seeing a piece of turkey for a whole nother year. Yeah, see, yeah,
2: we had—that's that's our worst thing. It's like, we, we make too much food, and it's like, we start harassing people to take plates. Because I was like, I can't fit all this shit in my refrigerator. Yep. So it was like, Thursday, so I watched football all day. Then um, we ate—we ate—we had Thanksgiving breakfast. We did brunch. So my wife made brunch like— Brunch God. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, she made like shrimp and grits, uh, French toast, and a bunch of other stuff. So then it was like, well, we got to eat dinner. And I was like, no, we don't. I'm dying over here. Like, you just made all this wonderful brunch and I've been drinking since 9 a.m. Now I gotta eat dinner. And then we, like, I got the itis. I was <laughs> you like, take a nap. I was laying on the couch and I looked and I was like, all this food was out. My wife was like, can we put this away? I was like, dog, oh, there's no room in the fridge. And then family was like, ah, you know, I'll take a small plate. I was like, you better take all this
1: motherfucking food. <laughs> Because I have nowhere to you, put it. You never got to ask me. That's my favorite thing about going to your crib. One, you don't even like leftovers. You'll order a whole uh, other meal or something like the next day on DoorDash or some shit. Yeah. Or you'll go out to eat the next day. So i never feel bad at your crib. You're like, what? It's time to go. Making like two plates. Take it all. I'm bringing all this to the crib. Dre ain't going to eat this. Nope. But no, I got to come over to your crib uh, soon. Well, maybe I guess we might do a pro wrestling. we are doing Wrestle Kingdom for sure. Yes. Uh, I got a new game that I bought on Instagram. It's 90s hip-hop and R&B. Oh, I'll win. Like, it's finished the lyrics. Oh, I'll win. Oh, my wife says she's handing you the L, though. There's no way. She's pretty good at it. Yeah, <laughs> good so, yeah, so we're bringing it to the crib. I am horrible at this game. I noticed I cannot finish any lyrics. I know the songs, but I don't know the songs. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really, like, trying to sing it in my head, and it's horrible. So uh, I was like, we can challenge Dre and his wife. Yeah. I was like, I might be the wink link You're gonna carry us. Yeah, you'll have to go home. Yeah, it's all, all bad. But I feel like the game is tailor-made to play against you and the wife. Oh, so yeah. I'm coming over. We are playing that game. I'm with that. Yeah, the holidays are always great though, food aside. We have tons of sports. Talked about watch football all day. And then combat sports were actually front and center during Thanksgiving weekend. We'll talk about the boxing end of things because we had a title one. In boxing, on our boxing show, and then in MMA, PFL decided to do their championship on Thanksgiving weekend this year. Usually, it's like New Year's Day, which is yeah. very weird.
2: It's it's bad. So who's this sitting is at better. home? Who, like who's sitting at home? was like yo, I'm. I mean, maybe you watch like Rising, yeah? Because I watched Rising and Bellator this year. Me, because I don't go anywhere, so it's fine. But it's like other people like go out. Like I ain't trying to stay home to watch a fight, but this works. Thanksgiving. It was weird though. Because as soon as they announced it was a pay-per-view, I was like, mm-mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> $49.99. Like,
2: mm-mm. Because, you know, Kayla Harrison's already fought Larissa Pacheco twice. Yep. So I was like, well, I'm going to pay for it now. Right? And the rest of it was solid, but it wasn't— That Moraes versus Moraes? Oh, my God. Marlon Moraes is is cooked. It's, it's all It's over. Sam Marais got his back. But I was like, yo, I'm not paying for this. Um, so it wasn't a great idea to do a pay-per-view. But—
1: the card delivered. It did. It was a fun card. A lot of finishes. In the main event, Kayla Harrison goes out there against Pacheco, and you're like, okay, the first round looks like, okay, Kayla is normal Kayla. But then Pacheco makes these adjustments because what people fail to realize is that this is really rounds 11 and 12 and not rounds 1 and 2. And then Pacheco seen so much of her. that She's like, nope, I know what to do. and. Every other round was like splitting hairs to the point of I saw someone say it's 4-1 Pacheco. And I looked and I was like, maybe like I could see it. And it's one of those things where Kayla Harrison, obviously the decision didn't go her way. She looks crushed. But I'd argue it's the best thing for her career. That pressure being undefeated of being like the great like for for what you lose. Now, you didn't get choked out you ain't get Ronda. You ain't get Connored. Like you ain't like it hasn't it's not gonna change the trajectory of your career. You lost the decision. Now you have a storyline of redemption if you wanna stay in PFL because the door was closing quick. Oh yeah. So it's like, all right, cool, you have another reason to to stay if you wanna do the million dollar tournament again and maybe they match you up first fight of the year with Pacheco or something. Like just right out the gate so you can run that back. And then also if you don't want to do it again. It's also fun, because now maybe fighters like Cyborg or other fighters will be like, you know what? I have the blueprint. She's vulnerable. Maybe this spurs you to go, you know what? I've done this. I fought her 15 rounds, (laughs) or whatever it is. She stopped her once, but whatever it may be. And then it's like, you know what? Maybe I do want a different challenge. Maybe this says, like, I'll go to UFC after this. Like, I'm done here.
2: Mm, No, she's going to fight her again. (laughs) Kayla's too much of a competitor to just let this one go. Um. But the first thing is, I saw a lot of people saying this is the biggest upset this year, and I started looking at this year. There's so many upsets. Listen, until uh, if I, unless I'm going to act like Leon Edwards didn't kick Kamaru Usman to hell oh in the God. in the fifth round of that fight, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing bigger of yeah. an upset than that. No. Kayla Harrison was a big favorite, but the problem was, is that when you watch Kayla fight, there was noticeable holes in her game. It was almost Ronda-esque in the sense that her, her judo was so good and, yeah. her, and her strength and her takedowns were so good and her top control that she didn't really need striking. But if you adjusted and you stuffed the takedown, which Pacheco did, and what Pacheco did that a lot of people won't do, she threatened her. She yep. threatened her with a guillotine. She threatened her with a triangle. She threatened her and made Kayla think about what she was going to do. And it ended up still being a close fight. And I think it's pretty clear. Two, four, and five went to Pacheco. And one, and three went to Kayla. Not it, It's an upset. Don't get me wrong, but I just watched Leon Edwards dead to rights. Like, the fight was over. I was writing my story yes. in the fourth round of this fight. Like, I was damn
1: near 4-0. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> on the score.
2: I was like, this is a wrap. Like, we're going home. And I just, I did today, which is, as we're recording this is Tuesday, I did serious with Dean Thomas. And Dean was <laughs> notably was saying that Leon's done. He's checked out of this fight. This fight is over. And and they wrote his obituary. Yeah. And he killed Tamara Usman. <laughs> That's the biggest upset this year. It, like, there's... I don't think there's anything close. People said Adesanya losing to Preya. Nope, that wasn't an upset. No, I mean, he's lost to the man before. Exactly. Uh, Tatiana Suarez almost beat Valentino Shevchenko. But she didn't. So, not an upset. Uh, when you, What else was there? What else happened? diamond Eunice losing to Carlos Sparza. It was a staring contest. Not really an upset. Yeah. There was nothing more significant than this. Like, well, then, than Leon and Camaro. But it's a, it's an upset. It's Pretty big upset. It's a, it's a big upset. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but this was like a year full of upsets. So this wasn't the biggest upset. And I will dare to say that this is the best possible thing that could have happened to the PFL. Because now people want to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. Before, if Kayla wins, you go, all right, get her out of the company. She needs to go to Bellator. Even though they don't have a lightweight division. Like Nowhere she, else has a lot. Like, she's got to get down another 10 pounds. Yep. She's huge. That's
1: the toughest part. That's the tough part. But her it, cardio, at times, during this fight, she, she was like, uh, so I'm not sure going down is the easiest. Yeah. Suggestion. So, I wouldn't say it
2: was the be- necessarily the best thing that happens to Kayla because, obviously, Kayla wants to win the fight. Yep. But if you're the PFL and if you're with Ray Sefo and the crew, you're like, oh, now people are interested in us. Because when we do this rematch, they shouldn't do another fucking tournament. They should go
1: right to the rematch. Because what's the point? Yeah, I mean, they do seeding for the tournament, right? So you can book
2: whoever you book for the seeding. We don't need another 155 gonna... tournament. Just get rid of it. We don't need it. <laughs> we know who's going to win. Yeah, Pacheco was five and zero with five knockouts heading into the Kayla Harrison fight since her last loss to Kayla Harrison. Why is it we need to see Kayla beat up a bunch of people all over again? Yeah, no. it's unnecessary. Just pair these two together. You can do it on a pay per view. People will buy it because they want to see the rematch. But this is the best
1: possible scenario for PFL. Yeah, I mean, it locks her in. <laughs> Another contract. I mean, if I was her, though, I understand the competitive nature. And if you, what you say is right, like I would definitely do that. Like, yo, one one fight, let me run it back, yeah. pay-per-view. And then I'd entertain going elsewhere. To be clear, she only has two fights left on her
2: contract. So it's not even like if she goes through a tournament, what are they going to do for the third fight? They're going to have to rear up. Yeah. So they might as well just run this fight back because I don't, think that PFL and Bellator are going to figure out a way to make a Kayla
1: Harrison cyborg fight. No, even though PFL today, the owner came out, was like, here's the terms, blah, of blah, course, blah. Of course, like, but no, like
2: Bellator works with Ryzen very well. PFL and Bellator, like there's TV rights, there's a lot of shit that's going on there. I don't know if they can make that fight happen. The best thing you can do is keep Kayla in house for the time being and set her up for a rematch because the real story is as much as Kayla Harrison losses, maybe Larissa Pacheco is really that good. Maybe she did get, I mean, five straight knockouts, not a fluke. Not not at all. And then you, you know, we're going to have Brian Barberino on the show later today, but Bam has figured it out at age 33, 32, 33. Larissa Pacheco struggled. She was in the UFC. She didn't do great. She went to PFL. She lost to Kayla. She lost to Kayla again. Then she went on the streak. Maybe she's figured it out. Maybe, you know, Ronda... <laughs> Lost to Holly Holm and never won another round for his UFC career and just went to pro wrestling where she stunk it up against Shotzi. But that's whole old story. <laughs> um, but maybe Pacheco is really that good. And, and Kayla said, "Like
1: this isn't a rivalry. Now it is. Oh yeah, now it's a rivalry because you lost." Kayla downplaying her the entire time was kind of shitty. Yeah, it's kind of karma. Like
2: she got her come up. And- this this is how it happens. But now you have a, a a fourth fight that people want to see, and we don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. No. It's going to be interesting. PFL, like you said, is definitely the main winner there. And then we didn't have UFC. No. But we had UFC 282 changes at the top. Oh, yeah. Yuri is supposed to defend the title against Glover Teixeira. Yuri gets hurt, needs surgery. Looks like he'll be out for at least six months, maybe longer. And it's kind of honorable. I mean, the guy's like a samurai. He's like, I'm not going to hold up the division. No need for an interim champ. I'll vacate. When I come back, just let me fight whoever got the belt. Smart. Take your time recovering. Do what's best. No rush. No you know, no pressure to come back. So the UFC is like, all right, let's fill the void. Somehow Glover Teixeira isn't in the title fight anymore. Oh, he
2: didn't want to do it. Well, because so, what they proposed was Glover to fight Magomed Akalaiyev. And Glover's like, I ain't fought him. I'm 43. I need time. The yeah. fight's like two weeks away. Yeah, two weeks, three weeks notice. Not, not against somebody like Ankaliyev. Yeah, If you fought Jan again, sure. I've already seen what he's done. I've choked his ass the fuck out. I'll do that <laughs> one again. But Muhammad Ankoliyev on short notice for the title. Glover's like, I'm too old for this shit. I'll wait. I'll fight the winner of that. And then if Yuri's healthy later next year, we can run that back. But Yuri Prakashka, uh, Dana White said... That is the worst shoulder injury and he's ever seen in the UFC, which makes me, like, six months? It might be longer than that. Yeah, Yuri Pahashka vacating the title. Like, some people's like, well, why would he do that? Well, the man went into a dark room for three days before his fight with no water. <laughs> you think he's concerned about a title? He, like, in his mind, he's like, I'm going to get that shit back. Yeah. Because it's like, what am I going to do with it? Because, really, you win the title. They give you a title. You take it home. You just, you're just not the champion. He's like, who gives a shit? When I come back, I'm the champ. So… You'll see 282 now sucks because it's not great. No, it's not good because you have <laughs> Jan versus exactly. Magomed for the title in the main event, yeah. which is fine. But the co main event is now Patty Pimblett versus Jared Gordon. What?
1: Patty Pimblett is in the Batty main Patty to Patty. In the co main event? That might be his second best fight that weekend because the first one is him and Jake Paul. Jake Paul's like, hey, oh, come spar. I'll fly you to Puerto Rico. Patty's like, no, fly to Vegas. I'll spar you the day after my fight. Fatty, Patty, like, no. No, it's only two days after. So, no. I yeah. mean, and he needs some more weight to fight Jake. So, it's like, yeah, I think, you know, him and Jake could spar. I that know. might be a tougher fight. Yeah, I mean, but. No he, way the UFC list is happen. Huh? Now he's in the co-main
2: event. I think the third fight down the card is San Diego Nibio versus Robbie Lawler. Um, it is. Illy Topuro is fighting uh, Bryce, uh, Bryce Mitchell, which is actually a really, really good fight. Which I would argue should be the co-main event, but whatever. But 282
1: kind of sucks now. Darren Till's on it. Will, will he? Will, is Darren Till going to show up? Yeah, there's no guarantee. We got Rosenstruck, Raul Rosas Jr. It, the card's not bad. It's like 17, right? The card's not bad, but if you look at the Fight
2: Night card this weekend with Kevin Holland and Wonder Boy and Bam Bam and, and uh, it's a low-key
1: good card. There's no star power but Chris Curtis, Joaquin Buckley, yeah. both been on the show. That's it, going to be a, one of
2: fights. It's a good card in the sense that what the UFC's done a very good job of is like Yeah, we could change the card, but you're going to still pay for this shit. Yeah. Because I just remember not too long ago, Nate Diaz and Hamza Kamayev, was a that was a dreadful looking card yep. on paper and people's like I'm still going to pay for it. So they're going to pay for this card and hopefully it'll deliver. I think it'll be a, a still a good show. But losing Yuri and Glover, that sucks. Yeah, it's tough at the top. That was my fight of the year. That's my MMA fight of the year. Yeah. That was I mean, the, they pushed each other. Oh, they, there was so many times that both of them were dead to rights. And then Yuri— That Izzy fight is really good, though. Yeah, it's not, it, it didn't have as much drama as Glover and Yuri, though. Glover and Yuri had drama from the opening bell. They both got rocked. And then Yuri subbing Glover at the end of the fight. Yeah, like, who called us sub? Come on, man. That's the fight of the year, and I wanted to see him run it back. So, unfortunately, they're not going to run it back— And then by the time they do, Glover's going to be closing it
1: off 50 at this rate. (laughs) It's going to be a while. So, yeah, that throws a wrench in that card. But we'll give our predictions and everything next week for that. Because this week, we have UFC Orlando headlined by Wonderboy. I I think Wonderboy and Kevin Holland, big mouth. This is such a weird fight for Wonderboy. I don't know what Wonderboy
2: is. I know what Wonder Boy is. I think he's going to piece up Kevin Holland. I would hope so,
1: but I don't know him.: uh, I think so. I think he's one, a more nice guy now than anything.
2: He's always been a nice guy. Yeah. I, I talked to Wonder Boy when he first got signed by the UFC, straight out of kickboxing, where he was like undefeated forever. Yeah. He's always been like the super nice guy. but he's fighting somebody in Kevin Holland that's going to stand there and strike with him. You, you don't do that with Wonder Boy. It's very difficult to engage with somebody like that who will kick you in the face in a heartbeat. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of people remember Anthony Pettis knocking out Wonder Boy. But for the most part, and, you know, he's he's training with Chris Weidman. He's working on his wrestling, which I don't think he's going to need. I think Kevin Holland's going to come out there and strike. Because Kevin Holland fought. I was like, he wrestled fucked me to death. Yeah. Yeah, that was no fun for Kevin. No, but if you're Kevin Holland, who's a solid striker, but he doesn't necessarily have huge power, I think this is a... This is a weird fight for Wonderboy because there's not a lot to gain from this. This is a fan-friendly fight.
1: It's not going to do much for him in the division. No, but he's in a weird limbo in the division. You just got to fight. Just yeah, have exciting fight fights. But, all right, let's go up the card real quick and just give some predictions. Tai to ivasa for Sergei Pavlovich. Yo, Tai Tui Vasa. Listen, man.
2: He Sergey lost looks good. I know, but, but he lost to Cyril Gan, right? Like, yeah. Cyril… Cyril Gahn is that's okay. Losing to Cyril Gahn in the manner that he did, that's fine. Pavlovich has looked great, but it's not Shui awesome, man. It's
1: time for a shoey. Yeah. Ty. Cyril Gaṇ hit Ty with everything. The kitchen sink. Right? And still, still barely finished. That <laughs> motherfucker with the Eiffel Tower. Oh my God. Ty is the toughest man ever. And then uh Nicolau versus I don't know who he's fighting. Oh, Schnell.
2: Dude, Matt Schnell had probably one of the craziest comebacks this year. Yes. Um, Schnell, very exciting, Very exciting. This should be a very good fight, but I'm going to pick Nicolau. I I don't know if Schnell has another big comeback in him. I, I want to see Schnell. He could. Like, this
1: is a very good fight. Yes. So, I'll go opposite of you then. Uh, Matt Schnell, I think, wins that. I Again, both of those fights seem like stoppages. They could be. So, it's like, all right. Next up, Brian Barberino, who we'll talk to in a little while. Versus RDA. I'm going to say this looks like a stoppage too, one way or the other. I don't know. RDA is choking him out or Barbarina putting the pause on him. I think this might go to distance and just be an
2: absolute war. RDA doesn't have give in him. Neither does Barbarina. So I feel like these two are just going to beat the shit out of each other for three rounds. <laughs> yeah. It's sad that it's not a five-round fight. Yeah. You could flip this in the main event, and I'd be like, all right, that's a better five-round fight. I, I don't think Holland and Wonderboy is a great five-round fight. So I think it'll end in three anyway. But this... I think these two could beat the shit out of each other for 25 minutes in a war of attrition and you just give them all the money. Yeah,
1: yeah. if you gave them 25 minutes. Again, we'll talk to Brian Barberina. I don't know how many times he wants to wear the crimson mask. 25 like minutes. <laughs> 25 minutes would be a bloodbath in that one. And then main event. Oh, I'm taking Barberina. One, he's going to be our guest. So yeah. Of course, I'm taking Barberina. Yeah. And he's a madman. Three fight winning streak, just taking people out. Yeah, he's like the legend
2: killer. He's the Randy Orton of uh, the yes. UFC. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Barberina too. Not just because he's our guest. I just feel like he's had a lot of momentum. And the man is just a pressure fighter. Like, if you watch when he fought Robbie Lawler, every time he hit Robbie down the stretch, and granted, Robbie's not, like, is not as washed as Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Robbie's, Robbie's done. But you can see every punch that landed started taking the life out of him. And I feel like that kind of pressure might, it,
1: I think it'll be a fun fight, but I think Brian will win maybe a split decision. And the main event, Stephen Thompson, Kevin Holland. I don't see a finish, unlike you. Uh, but I think Wonder Boy outpoints him. It's just like a chess match. I think Kevin Holland's going to
2: not understand what he's dealing with, with Wonder Boy. He's going to run himself into something. Uh, if, if he fights on the outside and is patient, yeah, this will go the distance. Yeah. But Holland
1: likes to talk shit and... He does. That shit ain't going to work with Wonder Boy because Wonder Boy just looks at everything as a compliment. But sometimes he does more shit talking than actual fighting. Right. And I think they'll just stare at each other for long periods of time because Wonder Boy ain't going to take the bait. Well, that's the problem. Like, Wonder Boy is not...
2: Like, you could, I've never seen Wonder Boy angry. So, Kevin, what is Kevin going to say to him? I don't know. So, you could talk <laughs> all you want, but eventually you're going to have to throw hands. And if Holland finds... Like, Holland's in this weird spot where he retired for like a day. Yep. because I just <laughs> destroyed him. And then he's like, he's back. So I know he feels the pressure of needing a win. Like, he needs a win. He's in the main event. Yep. Right? So he needs a win.
1: So I feel like he's going to step on the gas at some point and get caught with something. I think they're just going to look at each other. He's going to talk. People are going to be like, yo, stop talking. Start fighting. He's going to try to come in. And Wonder Boy is just going to two-piece him. And he's going to step back out. And he'll be like, ah. maybe I'm just going to keep talking.
2: Yeah, well, if he talks, it won't be fun. The fans won't like it either. But I'm picking nah, Wonder no. Boy.
1: They definitely get booed once or twice during yeah. this one. But Wonder Boy, I if you don't bring it to him and just overpower him, it's tough. And Wonder it's Boy's really thirty-nine. Tough. Like, father time catches people. Yeah, he seems like a fresh thirty-nine. He he's a counter striker by nature. He's a guy who's
2: you know his stand up is great. His takedown defense is, is is really damn good. Again, he's working with Chris Whiteman on his wrestling. I don't. I think Holland. There's a way that Holland could win, but I don't think.
1: Holland can stay poised for 25 years to be wonder boy. No, I 100% agree. And it should be, again, a good card. Nice little appetizer for what's to come the following week at UFC 282. Let's take a break, though, because our guest is about to call in. We're going to have Brian Barbarina here. So that's going to be one hell of an interview. You guys don't go anywhere. It's going to be fun. We're going to take this break. Be right back after this. We are back, and as promised, we are here with this week's guest, UFC's Brian Barberina, joining the show today, fighting in UFC Orlando this upcoming weekend. Going to be one hell of a card. I love when they get out of the Apex, go in front of the fans again. Everything's going to be crazy. Brian, thanks for joining us. I know in the middle of cutting weight, always the hardest time, but let's be honest, probably even harder because you had to cut weight during Thanksgiving you smelling all the turkey all the stuffing, all the mashed potatoes how are you doing heading into this fight
3: Man. <laughs> you make me remember all the food uh, <laughs> i was looking at uh, it makes my mouth water that's for sure uh thanks again for having me on uh i'm i'm super excited for this week i'm feeling great you know uh sucks having to miss thanksgiving uh with the family but I'm one of those guys who uh, likes to look at food and enjoy the smells and everything. So you better believe I was hovering over my kids' plates and smelling their food and watching the how good it looked and everything. So um, I wasn't suffering too bad. I really just enjoy watching food anyway. So uh, more focused on the week ahead and and the fun I'm about to have on Saturday night, dude.
2: This is but this is the second time you've had to cut away because last year you had to do the same thing. So. When it, 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 at this point, are you going to tell the UFC and, and Her and Dana's like, listen, stop making me fight on the holidays. It's cool, but like, can we just do it a couple of weeks before so I can actually enjoy Thanksgiving? Is that the message moving forward?
3: <laughs> uh, my wife would definitely say so. Uh, you know, she's <laughs> like, can we please just have a Thanksgiving one year like where you can actually eat? So uh, definitely next year we'll be shooting to to get a fight in before Thanksgiving. Normally, I like to at least get them in before Christmas, but um, you know let's, let's make Thanksgiving happen next
1: year too. Yeah. I mean, we looking at your past three years, you get the fight in whenever they offer it appears, cause you continuously stay busy. You're always in the octagon. Is that what's led to your recent kind of turnaround and three fight win streak? It seems like the busier you are, the better you are. And that's kind of been a trend throughout your entire career.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I like to stay busy. Uh, as much as possible. If, if I can fight every three months or or even sooner, uh, we'll make it work. You know, if I'm healthy and my body's doing good, obviously we know from the way I fight, you know, my fights get a little crazy. Uh, you know, they're not easy easy one fights or, or anything like that. So um, a little bit of extra time is sometimes needed, but I like to stay consistent. It definitely helps a lot uh, moving forward into fights, and I think I, it only helps me improve more and more. Um, definitely having my family closer to me now um, where I don't have to travel for camp has been a huge part of my uh, success, I believe, because when my family's with me, uh, you really get the best version of myself.
2: So let me ask you, you're fighting Javier Dos Santos, and this is a fight that's like eight years in the making for you because Javier beat your teammate Vincent Henderson eight years ago, and you've been eyeballing this fight how when it finally got announced, were you like, damn, it's been all these years and I finally get this fight that I've been waiting. It's almost a decade. At some point, you got to be like, I'm probably not going to fight this dude. But now it's actually happening.
3: Yeah, you know, there was a point, you know, he had come up to I had moved out of one fifty five, you know, and he stayed down. And I was like, oh, there's no chance. He came up to one seventy. I was like, oh, there's a chance I may get him. Uh, hopefully we can make it happen. Obviously, the cards didn't play out. He went back down to 155. I was like, well, he's probably never coming back now. And, uh, yeah, thankfully, the tide's come back around. You know, he's back up to 170. He wants an exciting fight. Uh, I believe I'm that guy. I'm glad he thinks I'm that guy to give him an exciting fight. Um, So here we are. Yeah, you said eight years in the making. Uh, I'm ready to get after him. I'm ready to, uh, you know, take it from him and and show that, uh, you know, We'll come back around, bring it back for my teammate, Benson Henderson. You know, I have nothing but love for that guy. I wish he could have got the the fight back a long time ago, but uh, here we are, and I'm willing to get it back for him.
2: Let me me follow that up with this, because he said he wanted an exciting fight. And now, sometimes you don't really want to get what you asked for, because no bullshit, you're going to give him an exciting fight. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Do you think there's going to be a point in this fight where he's going to be like, shit, maybe I shouldn't have asked for an exciting fight, because this ain't what I really wanted.
3: Oh, I'm definitely going to make him think that in this fight. You know, I'm going to put him in those situations where he's going to he's going to regret wanting that exciting fight. Um I think maybe he wanted something that he can go in there and and you know, get some back and forth and, and you know, come out with the the win and everything like that, but I'm going to be putting on him nonstop. The pressure is going to be unbearable, and yeah, there's going to be a point where he's going to be like, this is not what I had in mind.
1: <laughs> it seems like this year along that that same line, it's like your your new thing is to face these MMA veterans, these legends of the sport, these former champions and send them home to retirement. It seems like they fight you and they're just like, ah, maybe this ain't for me no more. Is this one of those fights again? And is the UFC doing this on purpose? Are they just like, you know what? We're gonna see if these people still wanna fight, throw them in there against Brian and let's see. Let's see let's see what they really about. Because it seems like that's, you know, the people that they're giving you or these people who've been in the sport for a decade or longer.
3: Yeah, you know, they've been in this sport a long time. Um, you know, I've been in for quite a while as well. I feel like I'm in the veteran's position as well. Obviously, they've been in a lot longer. Um, but, you know, these guys are, as you though know, they are older or they've been in so long. They're fighting the top of the division. You know, uh, Dos Anjos is fighting the top guys at lightweight, the top guys at welterweight. Every time he's been up, you know, he hasn't gone down fighting a guy out of the rankings. So, um, gosh, I think maybe I'm the first guy he's been fighting out of the rankings. So. Um, you know, definitely I think that if this, this is the UFC's plan, awesome. I love it. You know, I love these matchups. I love these fights. Um, I get to fight these legends, these guys that I've, I've, you know, loved to watch and who are been at the top of the division and everything. And I think they're still, you know, can take out most of the division. So, um, if they wanted to, they could still be at the top. So, uh, it's an honor for me to fight them, you know, and, um, and then I go in there with that. Intention to be able to beat these guys and show everybody that you know I'm the guy and uh, really continue my legend tour, which is not so much yeah yeah I'm fighting legends, but it's not so much about that. It's about my I'm the legend and this is my tour and this is my time.
2: You know the fascinating thing about that is like you mentioned like you are a veteran, but you are having a surge that uh, that's caught a lot of people's attention over the past year. And I know you dealt with a life threatening situation. And you had to bounce back from that. It's like your second life now. But the interesting thing about this is. I'm curious, like, when you're staring across the cage from Matt Brown, or when you're staring at Robbie Lawler, and now you're going to be staring at Rafael Dos Anjos, is there a moment that you're like, holy shit, I'm fighting these guys I've been wanting to fight for a long time, and I know what they have, but they have no idea what they're about to get into when they're dealing with me?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm stoked, and and it's an honor standing across from him, and it's like, yeah, I finally get to get after this guy. I get to, I get to give him every little bit of me. And, and put it on him and piece him up. And he's going to feel all the pressure. He's going to feel it all. Like, this is my moment to shine on him. And, uh, you know, he. it's just really an honor for me. And uh, I respect the hell out of these guys. Like, I've been watching them, and they've been putting on battles for us. And I'm glad I finally get to be one of those battles. And hopefully it's one that they remember for the rest of their lives, because I know I will.
1: When you look at the landscape of the UFC, you say you're a veteran, and you are. Like, the amount of fights show that. But you're only 33. Like, you look at the landscape of the UFC, you have people fighting so well into their 40s, like Glover Teixeira. You have people hitting their stride at 33, hitting, just getting to their prime at that age. Do you look at that and say, like, yeah, I have another run in me. You say your legends tour, but do you see yourself, and most fighters do, obviously, but how, and when you imagine this, how do you envision getting to the belt? Do you still think, like, man, I have that run in me where I could be the best in the world?
3: Absolutely. You know, I feel like this is, this is my prime right now. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm breaking out right now. I'm getting better and better. And I feel like I'm the best I've ever been. And, uh, I'm going to continue doing that. I'm going to continue to win this fight Saturday. And that's all I need to do to get to the belt, to get to a challenging position, uh, is to continue to win fights. I'm going to continue to win fights, but I'm gonna only win fights. I'm going to put on performances, you know, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to finish people and I'm going to put on exciting fights, get these fight of nice performances. And, uh, hopefully collect a lot more performance of the night bonuses. You know, I'm still after one. So hopefully Saturday night, I make that performance of the night um, bonus. And, you know, but I'm after these exciting fights as well. I'm not just after uh, climbing the ladder and getting to the title. I'm not looking to do it in fashion and style.
2: So I got to ask you because you are a family man and you put on these performance, fight of the nights. And I, you just mentioned you want a performance of the night because Maybe your wife is like, listen, Brian, can you stop getting these bloody ass wars and coming home and you bruised up? Like, it's it's exciting. But damn, can you just come home clean for once? Does he say that to you? Like, damn, Brian, do we have to go to war every single time you're in the octagon?
3: Uh, I mean, yeah, I kind of hear about that. You know, my kids, especially my kids are the ones that get on me about it. Like, Dad, you just I mean, every time it's war, you know, let's. Go after. Even my coach is like, "Hey, man, we can we can finish this early if you want." You know, I got permission <laughs> the last fight to do it and to come home with a performance. You know, obviously we got back and forth with Robbie Lawler. Standing in the pocket with him It's you know hard to come home clean. But I thought we got performance worthy. It was also the best night on the uh, best fight on the card. So we got that that fight of the night. Like I said, I'm still after that performance of the night. I owe it to my family. I owe it to my coaches, my team. Um, so Saturday night planning me come out there and put on performance.
1: (laughs) Every time. It really is. Every Gotta love it. Uh, Do you feel like the UFC, you you say you go out there, performance bonuses and everything, being the co-main of this event, do you feel like that's something where the UFC is showing you like, yeah, we we have faith in you to deliver. Is this something that gives you kind of a, a nice boost, like not an ego boost per se, but makes you feel good when you're like, yeah, they're putting me not only in spots where you know, I'm going to go out there and bleed and beat the hell out of people. But premium spots where I'm selling tickets like they're looking at me to be one of the main faces of this show. Does that make you feel good?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's nice to be able to, you know, get in a spot, in a position, you know, especially, you know, right now I'm on a streak. So, you know, maybe I'm getting a little bit of extra push. But I believe it's also because it's well earned. You know, the fights I'm putting on, the excitement I'm putting on. I've been in the sport for a long time and I don't feel like a lot of people will see me, you know? And that's fine. I like it. I like it that way. Underestimate me, don't know me. That's fine. Because finite, you're never gonna forget me.
2: Uh Brian, do the rankings matter? Do you are are you looking at this situation and going, there better be if I win, there better be a goddamn number by my name come Monday afternoon or else it's gonna be trouble. <laughs>
3: No, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. You know, I don't. I don't really care if there's a number by my name or not. If I continue to win, uh, even after Saturday night, I'm like, all I got to do is continue to win because then I'm going to be undeniable. You know, they're going to have to give me numbers or, or contenderships or championship fights. Um, you know, it's going to be undeniable. So if I can just continue to win, the rest will take care of itself. I'm not worried about the numbers. I feel like it switches all the time, and uh, you know, sometimes it's people who've been in there you know, who haven't fought in a long time are still holding a number. And, uh, you know, so it doesn't really make sense sometimes, but I'm not concerned about it. All I'm concerned about it is winning and going in there, and continue to win. Cause the rest will take care of itself.
1: One of my last questions. Listen, the rankings matter. somewhat when you're getting to the title shot, you know, what title doesn't need rankings. It's been in the news a lot this week, the BMF title, Brian, why isn't your name in this conversation? I've seen Jorge talk about it this week. Michael Chandler talk about it. These guys don't believe like you. These performances aren't happening. You're going in there, standing in the pocket, always bringing the fight. Brian, I'm pushing for you. BMF title shot next year. Because, come on, you versus Jorge would be amazing. Mm. I would love that matchup. Talk about someone in the rankings, not fighting a lot, has a number by their name. Brian, you got to come take this title next year.
3: I like it. He's after that. He's after trying to get that last shot at the title, you know, respect that respect that, you know, he's been in the game a long time. He's also fought former uh, teammates of mine or teammates of mine. So, you know, I love that fight. It's, uh, you know, I've tried to fight him before on a short notice call. I didn't end up working out. He ended up fighting somebody else long, long time ago. Um, but yeah, I'd love to mix it up with him, man. He's, he's a stud. He brings it the BMF belt, man. It's just sitting there. What are we doing? You know, it's got to. You got to put it on the line. You're not the only one out there.
2: Damn right. All right. So my last question is: It's not even fight related. It's it's bonus related because if you get a bonus, it's Christmas. So do you already have in mind like if I'm out here to try to get this money, and if I get this money, do you already have these gifts lined up that you're gonna get your kids and your wife with this extra cash?
3: Ah, uh, we do have. Christmas gifts uh lined up it's not contingent on bonuses just because you know that's money that may or may not come. I mean the way I fight, I feel like it's you know likely but <laughs> but you you just never know so you can't count on it but yes uh you know we also moved you know we moved to North Carolina so we don't have to travel for camp anymore, rebuilding our farm, so uh, we're looking at some uh farm animals to add to the farm and, and really build it up so.
2: So if you get that bonus, the Christmas tree just might be bigger.
3: You know,
1: get on short notice. Hey, they can be bigger. I'm
3: working on getting a bull. I'm running need a new bull for my cattle Ooh. operation here. So, yeah, so you got to get a couple
1: of toys or something, too. You got to get like in North Carolina. You got to get some four wheelers, something for the backyard. You got to do something.
3: Absolutely. I, I feel Absolutely. like,
1: you know, 50K, a couple four wheelers. Yeah. Nudge, Absolutely. nudge. The kids will be very happy about those gifts.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last question always exciting but how do you see this fight finishing on saturday night and when you close your eyes when you're thinking about it when you're envisioning it how do you win on saturday night
3: man? pressure non-stop pressure being in his face taking it to him i want to say put him in a place he's never been um you know and he's been in some dark places he's been in some some bloody fights some hard fights uh but I feel like he's also been known for his cardio and pushing the pace, and I, I want to take him to a place that you know is beyond that. He doesn't know what's coming and what's next and what he's getting hit with and uh, really showing him I'm the next generation I'm coming and I'm hungry. and I, I see a finish. I really do. Uh, you know when I close my eyes and I see it, I see a finish coming, and uh, I can't tell you when, but I know when I walk out of that octagon, I'm gonna have my hand raised. And uh, I'm going to go celebrate with my wife and my team. And we're going to have a big piece of pizza talking about how, how hell of a fight that was. What a performance it was.
1: (laughs) All right. All right. I love it. Let's, Let's try to not have so many cuts on the face. Just, like, like just for your wife. Like, yeah, early finish is what I'm rooting for. It'll limit some Maybe of the blood. <laughs> nah, thanks so much, Brian, man. We appreciate you joining us during Fight We, Everyone, Brian Barbarino, make sure you guys check out UFC Orlando this Saturday. You don't want to miss that card. UFC's closing the year with a bang. So, Brian, thank you so much. 50K, we're calling it already. This yeah. guy doesn't have boring fights. Thank you fights. so much for having me We on. appreciate Thank you. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for listening, as always, to the Corner Podcast. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Make sure you check out our other shows, Pro Wrestling and Boxing this week. We are back in full swing. All three sports going down this week. All of them, plenty of content to talk about. We appreciate you all. From Blue Iris Studios here in the Wind Resort, Las Vegas, everyone in a booth, thank you. Myself, the old man, Andreas Hale. Till next time, we're out. Peace.